Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. What is the most fundamental tool translators have? Yes, our language. And we must be the grammar and spelling police, not only when we're working on a project, but also when we're communicating with clients or interacting with peers online. We must use our language as well at all times. With that in mind, one tool I've been using for a while now, and I do use it constantly, is Grammarly. I've activated it on my email so I don't make any mistakes when sending a message to a client. I also have it available to me in Google Drive so I can use it when reviewing my students' translations into English or when I'm writing my own articles and brainstorming podcast episodes. And because I do translate into English very often, the premium version helps me keep my last draft sharp and ready for delivery. If you'd like to try out the world's best automated proofreader, visit bit.ly slash tc dash grammar. It's easy to remember. TC stands for Translation Confessional, followed by Grammar. Once again, you can visit Grammarly at bit.ly slash tc dash g-r-a-m-m-a-r. Keep your English sharp. Mixing business with friends. Today, I wanted to talk about something crucial to our peace of mind. Be very careful when mixing business and friends. I'll address this issue from two different perspectives. Working with fellow translators and interpreters who have become close friends and being hired by friends to work on a translation or interpretation assignment. Let's start with the first scenario, bringing in a colleague to work on a large translation project or join you in the interpretation booth during an event. Of course, it's great to work with friends, and I wouldn't bring in the translators I work with if I didn't genuinely like them on top of trusting their professional abilities. But the main issue here is when people take advantage of the friendship and closeness to mess up the business side of the interaction. Pretty recently, I got a large project from a long-term client. It was urgent, and there was about 10 files total. They were all answers to a standard application, so the only thing they had in common were the questions being answered and the fact that all candidates were applying for the same grant. Because there would hardly be any overlap among these files, let alone any matches and repetitions outside of the application questions, I brought in five translators I trust to help me tackle these 10 documents and translate them from Portuguese to English. They all know each other since we are regulars at translation conferences, and we collaborated as a team sharing some terminology that could be similar since this grant was geared towards underrepresented social and cultural groups. We all enjoyed the project, did a great job, and met the client's expectations. Now, should I take advantage of the fact that we're friends and take my businesswoman's hat off when working with them? Absolutely not. 
I made sure they were paid correctly and on time, and that the deadline wasn't too tight, so they could work comfortably on the project. I didn't try to bring their price down because of our friendship or stress them out about the delivery date and time, as if they were doing me a favor. No, because I do respect them as professionals and really care about each one of these great ladies, I wanted to make sure it all worked out so our business collaboration would be successful and we'd continue to enjoy our great friendship. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. However, I've been on the other side of things. When I got hired by someone who went to translation and interpretation school with me and tried to take advantage of the fact that we were friends, so to speak, and they ended up pushing things too far. First of all, this so-called friend kept trying to haggle the price. But whenever I considered bringing them on board and applying the same price per word to a project they'd be working on for me, They said they charged me more for their translation. Okay, so X is good enough when you're paying me, but you're not happy with the exact same figure when I try to hire your services? All right. How much would you charge for this project then? Oh, will you pay me the same price on future projects? No. How come? Aren't you special? Honestly, if we were splitting hairs about this, my language combination is more exotic, for lack of a better word. That is, fewer people are certified as Portuguese-to-English translators compared to Spanish-to-English translators, you know? If you follow the supply and demand mentality, it would be easier to find someone from the latter compared to the former. So in theory, I'd have more wiggle room for negotiation when it comes to prices, but okay. Now, this very same translator went way too far when my son was about to be born. Actually, it was right around this time, mid-August, nine years ago. This dear colleague of mine asked me if I could work on a large project for them. I said my availability was pretty restricted since I was on the last days of my third trimester. My son was born August 20th. Then, after seeing pictures of my little one on Facebook, they sent me a message asking me if I could get started on that project already since I had given birth and the project had become urgent because they couldn't find anyone else to work on it. I had to get 
pretty graphic and explain why about 24 hours after birthing a child I could not work 8 hours a day Monday through Friday while sitting at my computer desk Despite my mentioning body fluids among other kinds of postpartum discomfort exhaustion and the fact that I wanted to spend time with my newborn my dear colleague simply replied Okay then congratulations on your baby Uh with so many negative exchanges in the first 5 years of our interaction from the time we went to school together to the fateful day when I got that insane request right after giving birth it all just left a bad taste in my mouth and I have moved away from that client these past 24 years I've done a pretty good job avoiding bad business people so why should I give them a pass just because we were friendly Besides, that's one clueless translator if they can't apply the same price and productivity they've set up for themselves when hiring their peers. Double standards much? Lately, on the very rare occasions when they send a project my way, I quote it at a premium price now. If they agree with my flat rate and comfortable delivery times, great. Otherwise, they can look for someone else. I can move on to the next item on my to-do list and I don't have to worry about the added headache of dealing with a client who being a translator to should know better when it comes to creating the ideal environment for a successful collaboration. Now, after the break, I'll talk about someone who is not a language person at all but crossed the line nevertheless when trying to hire me for a project. Have you ever misquoted a translation client because you couldn't find the rate in your email or missed a deadline because somehow the job got lost in your inbox? You're not alone. Too many translators manage everything manually from their inbox or Excel sheets. While they may think that they're saving time and money by not getting a software, the opposite is true. LSP experts saves translators hours a week by letting them manage clients, projects and finances all in one place. You can create and send quotes, manage your rates and services for each client, manage projects and send invoices all from one place. It automatically creates financial reports for you so you always know the health of your business. Ready to stop wasting time on admin and start spending more time translating? Try LSP Expert for free for 30 days. Just type lsp.expert into your preferred browser and use the code HAFA for 15% off a new yearly subscription. Once again, the code is R A F A. Take control of your translation business admin today. So the other story I wanted to share with you today involves a real friend. Can you picture me doing air quotes right now? Real friend. <laughs> What I mean by it is that it's not a friend that the translation world has brought into my life, but simply a friend, someone I had met and become friends with. Actually, this person was there when I moved to California and started my business. I'd see this friend very often on weekends and they'd ask me how my business was doing, wonder what it was like to work from home, what kind of setup was needed, 
and how I had been finding clients to grow my translation business. After sharing the part of my life with this friend for about 15 years, as they had a chance to watch me grow as a professional translator and translation instructor, I thought this person had a good grasp of what I did for a living, you know? Well, that wasn't the case. So my friend had been talking about this book they wrote, but were only planning to publish once they were able to retire, so as not to interfere with their actual job. I was always very encouraging and shared some ideas, considering the fact that I learned a lot about self-publishing while working directly with authors and publishing my own book. Then, almost 15 years after hearing all about this book and my friend's dream of holding a copy of it in their hands, it turns out that they changed their mind and wanted to get started on the publishing process. I got pretty excited and rolled up my sleeves because I was happy for my friend. However, I was pretty clear about how this would have to be a long-term project. In other words, I couldn't say no to my current paying clients to dedicate myself to a passion project, you know? Besides, I wasn't going to charge my friend anything for proofreading the book, working on the printed and digital formats, and going through the publishing process on Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing. We agree that once the book was successfully self-published, they take my family out to dinner to celebrate. I got started on reading the book in early 2017. It was really entertaining, and I could identify some things from my friend's own life experiences in it. There were only minor adjustments that needed to be made as far as punctuation and some grammar here and there. Nothing major. However, I couldn't really work on it more than about a couple of hours a week, since my schedule was pretty busy with actual projects that paid the bills. Then, during summer 2017, my friend called me and sounded a bit upset. They wondered if the book was that bad because it was taking me so long to finish things up. I said that was not the case at all, that it was very entertaining, but my schedule was really tight. I mentioned that things usually slow down a bit for me around November and December, when we have the end of the year holidays, and that we'd have the book published by New Year's. Well, that wasn't enough for my friend, because they wanted the book done by the end of summer. Okay, I try to explain that it would not be possible because summer is the busiest time of the year for me. So much so that I remember going to the notary to sign a certificate of translation once and looked up the date to add next to my signature. It turns out it was my birthday. (laughs) I mean, I hadn't forgotten it was my birthday when I woke up that morning, but while on business mode, signing something in front of the notary, I had actually forgotten what day it was. (laughs) And yes, sometimes I have to work a couple of hours on my birthday to make sure nothing falls through the cracks before I turn my business mode off and can celebrate. Anyway, during that same phone call, my friend dropped another bombshell on me. For the past few months, while I was making slow, steady progress on proofreading their novel, they had decided to rework the entire thing. Remember, the book had been in the works for about two decades already. And, of course, the new version didn't come with the track changes on, so I couldn't see exactly what had been modified. I'd have to compare both versions myself and see which edits I had on the outdated version that were still needed on the most recent version. 
I couldn't help but feel that all the time I had spent on proofreading a third of that book had just gone down the drain, you know? The last straw that broke the camel's back came around October 2017, right before I was finally going to have that slow down period towards the end of the year to finish up the book. I posted on Facebook that I had started reading an autobiography that I had been eager to read for quite some time. Silly me, posting stuff about my life on social media. Well, my friend saw that post and went ballistic on me, publicly, on my Facebook profile. Their comments were pretty sarcastic, along the lines of, Well, you said you don't have time for my book, but now you're reading this? I tried to explain that I wasn't reading that autobiography, but listening to the audiobook while at the gym. I can't really proofread a book and prepare two different layouts for publishing while I'm lifting weights and doing cardio, right? My friend just went on and on about how their schedule was busy too, started listing all the chores they had to do, how demanding their work was, etc., etc. Someone reading my public Facebook profile could have thought this was a disgruntled client airing some dirty laundry about a project that didn't deliver on time. Because it sounded exactly like that, as if my friend were a paying client and this were a paying project that I should have made time to complete. My friend's comments painted me as a totally irresponsible professional. And if there's one thing I really value in my life is that I can organize my own schedule. That's why I went into business for myself, so I can work for as many hours as I want, take breaks whenever I need or feel like doing so, and spend my leisure time as I please. A friend of 15 years who knew about how hard I had worked to get my business off the ground should have known better than to treat me like that either publicly or privately. After months went by without an apology for that outburst, which is pretty close to one of the selfish temper tantrums my kids used to throw from time to time when they were little, I realized that there was no mending that friendship. My friend was then unfriended from Facebook and from real life. A few weeks ago, because a friend in common was in town, we actually ended up meeting after not being in touch for almost four years. I could only interact with them with cold detachment and was polite when asked how my international business was doing. The sarcasm was well noted. It's doing pretty well. Thank you very much. Still, my friend never apologized for the childish behavior or tried to properly patch things up. So why did I tell you these little stories? The main thing I wanted to share with you today is that when you go into business for yourself, you must be professional, above all, whether you're dealing with a client or hiring a peer to work with you on an assignment. Don't bend over backwards to please others if you will hurt your business and affect your well-being. So if you consider mixing business and friends, think back on my cautionary tales and protect yourself from being exploited. Most of all, Don't behave like that when you're the client working with someone whose skills and friendship you value. And if a friend asks you for a freebie, ask the following questions in return. Would you feel comfortable asking your friend who's a dentist to do some dental work for you for free? 
Would you ask your friend who's an Uber driver to drive you around town free of charge? Well, maybe that will give them some perspective on how what you do as a language professional is your actual job. And if they trust you with their business, they should respect you as a professional too. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.